Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon. This is a place, a podcast place, where women are encouraged and inspired amongst other women who are just as busy or even busier. You know, our calendars are full. Our lives go at ridiculous speeds. It seems that each season, our assignment changes. The season of life changes. How do we respond to that in fullness and in joy? So this is a place to be equipped, inspired, and encouraged to remain anchored in the only ability to carry that assignment out well, which is in Jesus Christ. Friends, he is our hope. He is our ability to live life to its fullness. He promises us that. We get to live life to its fullness here, and we have hope for what is coming ahead in eternity. Hey there, friend. This is Brittany. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. This month, we're talking about dwelling with God, prayer and dwelling. And I pray that I have been praying and I will continue to pray that in this time, that this is a way that you're equipped in your own quiet time with God, in your own dwelling with God and and pushing in and remaining with him because not that we're seeking God to just unlock the next door for us to move on beyond God but our transformation truly our 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 anchored transformation our inside out change is connected to God we can't get that apart from him otherwise we're really hanging on to everything that we can do within ourselves And what happens when all of that falls away? What happens when the bottom falls out? What do you do then? And I pray that as we get anchored, that we draw more near God. So this podcast, Courageous Radiance, it is truly about becoming courageous in our faith, in our everyday lives that are busy, and saying that no matter what, the way that my life is going to be radiant is by placing God first. God is that first. He is the that big stone that I'm going to fill in my life first and everything else falls after that. So this month, we're also talking about a woman each week of faith. Last week, it was, well, the first week rather, we talked about Jehoshaba. And last week we talked about, I don't know her name, but just calling her Noah's wife. Because surely this great, strong man of faith has a great, strong woman of faith with him, shoulder to shoulder with him. So this week we're talking about Rahab. So y'all, literally like there's every time that she's mentioned in the Bible, well, not every time. So in Matthew 1, where it gives the genealogy of Christ, it actually just says Rahab. But before that, in the account of Ruth and, and in Joshua, And even in Hebrews, the account of Rahab is Rahab the prostitute, Rahab the harlot. And I was literally thinking to myself, my goodness, like, what would your name be, Brittany? (laughs) Brittany Brittany the dot, dot, dot. Like, what would be the biggest thing of my past that would define me? And surely there was other qualities, other things that she did, both good and bad. But yet this is the main thing that that she's identified by. And it's it's crazy that, wow, like Rahab the, the, the prostitute, Rahab the harlot, that she would fit into the genealogy of Christ, right? So I just wanted to, to really talk about her because she fascinates me. 
She really does. And where I'm going to read is actually in Joshua uh, chapter two. But the account before that in Joshua one, God is just to kind of set this up in context. Moses has died. You know, they, the Israelites and Moses neared the promised land that God was going to be bringing them into. And the plan that was Moses was not going to go into the promised land. It was his disciple. It was his, uh, who followed him, you know, into this leadership role, which was Joshua. So now you've got Joshua who's stepping up to home plate to lead the, this massive, uh, body of people into this promised land. And, I thought to myself that there has to be a level of of Joshua that God was already working in. Like, I wonder what his conversation to God was. It's not accounted in the Bible, but I but surely God has told him so many times in Joshua one, "Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, for I will do this. For I'm going to be with you. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged." I've and so in this Joshua chapter one, it made me think that I wonder what Joshua's dwell time with God was. <laughs> like how how many times did he probably say to, to God, God, are you really sure that I'm equipped, that I'm able to go, that maybe you shouldn't pick somebody else that's a little bit better? Uh, why me, God? I I, I don't think that I can do this. I mean, even Moses did this. Moses did this with at the burning bush with God and didn't feel that he could speak enough, that he, he was eloquent in speech. He had a stuttering issue. But yet God was like, listen, I told you to go. I'll, I'll even bring a brother. Come on, Aaron, we'll help you speak. But this is what I this is what I've called you to. This is what I've made you for. So but in order to get the strength to be courageous in the Lord, we have to dwell with God. And as I was also just in prayer, as I was reading and studying, I don't know that I would respond to somebody, even if like, let's say a perfect stranger came up to me and just was like, which side note, I'd be like, okay, um, you know, kind of sizing them up and stuff. But like, just imagine even, even if maybe not a full stranger, okay, especially nowadays with, as crazy as the world is getting, so maybe you wouldn't listen. But maybe even it's somebody at work who you like kind of know, but not know, no. And they're just like, be strong and courageous. Do go, go open a business or um, leave your job and homeschool your children. Um, marry this guy. I mean, whatever it is that you're struggling with, imagine a stranger, someone who you don't like, trust, trust, but or 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 someone even who you kind of have some baseline understanding, but you're like, mm, I don't really want to hinge everything on this person, right? So I was thinking that this would this is what we do when we're not dwelling with God. I mean, of course it's going to be hard and and to to have a leap of faith, even if we know God says it. But man, even more if we don't have this relationship with God. So I wrote down just question number one is. Do do you dwell with God? And then question number two, what's holding you back from doing that? And for me, it might be time. I don't have time. I I hop out of bed. I snooze my alarm. I lost five minutes. So I'm 10 minutes behind. Um, This kid woke up sick and that took away my time. Um, 
my work schedule, I'm tired at night, I've got to make dinner, I've got to fold the clothes, I've got to do this at work, I'm on a deadline, it's fiscal year. I can fill in so many excuses for why I don't spend time with God. And there's no formula where it's like you got to spend hours and hours. I mean, you can, you know, but just placing him first, just the first commandment that loving God fully, full heart, full mind. And, and then secondly, the second commandment is not placing anything before God. And how often are we guilty of doing that, right? So just that first question, are you dwelling? Are you really, really dwelling? And, and then again, assessing if, if not, just an, an honest, this is not like a pass or fail. But if you're not truly praying and asking God for the clarity as to what you have put before him, because then that's there for an idol. So Rahab, where I wanted to read about Rahab. So she picks up in, in Joshua 2. And just context again, briefly, Joshua, so again, he's taken over, you know, the Israelites and he's got to lead them into this promised land and there's going to be battles ahead. And I mean, clearly, you know, he can't just walk into Jericho and, and just take over the land. It's, it's going to be a battle. So he sends in some spies, two, two spies, and to just take a, a full assessment of the land to kind of get in, to get some information and bring it back to Joshua. So that's where it picks up here uh, in Joshua 1. J- Joshua 2, chapter 2, verse 1. Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two men as spies from the Acacia Grove, saying, go and scout, scout the land, especially Jericho. So they left and they came to the house of a prostitute, here we go, prostitute named Rahab, and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. So, you know, they're not supposed to be there. You know, someone's clearly ratted them out. So then they go into this 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 house with her to hide, essentially. Um, but in verse four, it says, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, yes, the men did come to me because now whoever it is that ratted them out, the King's men came to her and say, Hey, we heard that there's two guys that are here in the land. Um, have they come to your house? You know, we're, we're trying to find them. And she not only, really diverts them, but she really lies. I mean, she, you know, it's not even like, cause she could have just said, no, I haven't seen them. I have no idea who you're talking about. And they really don't have any reason scripturally. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't believe her. I mean, she's one of their people, right? So why would they think that anything different that she would lie? But it's not even like she said, oh no, I haven't seen them. She completely, you know, got them off the scent and, and sent them in a completely different direction. Um, and like hurry, chase them quickly um, so you can go catch up with them, etc. So anyway, so then verse eight, this is where I really wanted to read. Before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. And everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. The Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Y'all, she ain't an Israelite. Like she doesn't believe like, 
Yahweh God is not her God. But just because of these stories that she would have heard, and this would have been 40 years before, 40. So I don't, I don't know how old Rahab is or was rather, but so maybe she was like a little girl. I don't know, hearing these stories, right? Or maybe she was like a, a preteen or I don't know how old she is, but she heard these stories 40 years prior, 40 years prior and remembered that, oh my goodness, this God is like, so we've heard about this God. So I don't know God, but I've heard about him. And what I've heard about him, he is the Lord, your God in heaven above and on earth below. And then she goes on to, to ask them to, to swear, even swear that swear to me by, by your God, by the Lord, and even that is kind of like she could have said by by your God, but she said by the Lord. So it's almost like hearing about this God that she may not know completely about him, but now it's not even just their God. He's becoming her God, right? It's kind of this, this internal, I don't know. It reminds me almost of Romans 10, Romans 10, 15, 17, I think says that faith comes from hearing and she heard and but in the 40 years of hearing the, that it's done something within her, it sat within her, it started to transform her and her belief about this God. And then she asked, you know, to swear on the Lord that that they'll save her and her and her family. And if 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 she helps, you know, them any further. So anyways, fast forwarding, she, you know, clearly had already hidden them. Um, and then um, they escaped through through her through her house because her house was on the wall of Jericho and she tied this scarlet. Um, she followed their instructions, you know, to tie the scarlet cord thread so that they would know once they come back to take over Jericho, that they will remember her and her family. She's to get all of her father's people and, and, and they will be spared because of her faith. And I just was, I was so amazed of, of her faith that this is not even just a faith because she's been in church her whole life. She just knows God her whole life. Her parents knew her and she's had this personal encounter, but simply by what she heard, faith has been this little mustard seed of faith has been brewing in her. And it's, and, and now because of that, she's willing to turn away from her people. She's willing to turn away her against her King and, and and even take a risk because listen these two spies could have been like uh nah we can't trust you right they they could have easily rejected what she was asking or they could have pretended that they were going to listen to her and then totally renege and they didn't so i'm just amazed by her faith that she was willing to turn her back and 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 look forward into this new life in faith with god Yahweh God. I'm amazed. So much so that um, in, in Hebrews 11, she's, you know, when you've got all of the, the, these great men of faith, Rahab is mentioned in that, that, that she's mentioned as this great woman of faith. So as we're, as I was thinking of the, again, this dwelling, our dwelling strengthens 
our ability to be courageous in the Lord. So then our our courage isn't just in this random stranger just coming up to us or this this person we kind of know but don't know no and telling us to be strong and courageous. No, it is God. It is Yahweh God. It is uh, it is our provider. He it is God of the the creator of the whole world, of you, of me who's giving you the breath that you just breathed right now. That that very quick breath that you might have taken. It God who is sustaining you. Man, when when I start to go into awe, I wrote down here how as I'm doing these podcasts, I really want to think about something to praise God for, to thank God for, to confess, and to ask God for. So I just praise God that God just truly used this woman and 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 so many other women who who we, we've already talked about, and there's so many more, but just these women who have had key roles. I mean, just the lineage, again, it's it's accounted for in Ruth and, and even in, in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter one, but you think of Abraham um, all the way down to the lineage of David and Rahab is in there. Rahab, the, the prostitute, Rahab, the harlot, she married Salmon. Uh, and, and I think of what, what least person, right, should be in this lineage? Like, it's not just these great, miraculously special people with all these titles, but God, you really use the the least of them all because of her faith, all because of her faith. And, and they had Boaz and Boaz had Obed and Obed had Jesse and Jesse had David. And so I, I love this story. I really do. And and just the context of how God just wove everything together. Christine Kane talked about um, a while ago, just the ability to trace God when you're having difficulty trusting him. So it's like this faith to faith where, yeah, you may not be able to know how God is going to weave this all together, how God is going to cause all of these things to work together, um, why God has even chosen you. Am I hearing from God? Is this correct? Whatever it is that you're asking yourself right now or unsure of to start or to stop doing, when you can't trust him to be able to trace him to his word. So tracing God and his faithfulness, even when we're unfaithful. I mean, in this lineage from Abraham all the way down to David, I think of how so many people were unfaithful. I mean, or or just not even perfect, right? I mean, again, Rahab was a prostitute and and yet God redeemed her. So I think of three R's. I think of redemption, rescue, and remembrance. The redemption is, you know, what is so for you to think of is moving forward. Think of your redemption. What is God redeeming you from? Because yes, the Bible still accounts for Rahab. I mean, I almost kind of wondered like why they couldn't just say Rahab moving forward instead of Rahab the harlot, Rahab the prostitute. I mean, you know, it's like, why does my past have to be smeared like forever? But it's a great way to connect to this remembrance piece. But for you, what is God redeeming you? What is God redeeming you from? What in your past if if this was you, you know, maybe you aren't whatever your name is, the harlot, but what what is that one thing of your past that might even be difficult that for you to forgive yourself for, but that God is willing to redeem re- redeem. I mean, Christ has already died knowing that you were going to do that. So he loves you that much. 
And then this idea of this rescue, I just thought about how beautiful that, that story of rescue is, that she tied that scarlet uh, cord out of her window. And it's really just kind of mirrors the Passover before that, um, where um, in the story of the, of the Israelites leaving Egypt and how that angel of death, right, was going to come through and kill the firstborn, except for those homes that had the blood, the blood of, of, of a lamb over their, their doorpost. So just this beautiful story of, of rescue. So for what about for your story? Where has God rescued you? You know, it kind of goes hand in hand with redemption, but just even the dark places, I just think of even if you were in a traumatic situation, traumatic. I mean, whatever level. I think about the fact that you're still here, that God still still has kept you, that that in of itself is a rescue. And how God really uses like the underdogs, right? He calls the underdogs of the story. He doesn't just need these big highlight people. But the Bible, the, these stories are full of the underdogs. And yet God does great and mighty things. And it's really because to really shine a light away from us and onto the worthiness in, of Christ. We are worthy because of who we rest in, which is Jesus Christ. And, and, and really also that rescue that no one is, is out of reach. No one is out of reach from a rescue. So I don't care what I might sit down and hear, hear of your story or what your prayer might be full of. You are not out of reach. Think of Rahab the prostitute, okay? And then this idea of this remembrance. Even in Joshua 4, um, for sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but it's great for you to hear um, the account of, of these memorial stones. It's Joshua 4, 19 through 24. And as they passed through the, after they passed through the, the river of Jordan, they took 12 stones for one for each tribe to remember that God, you know, parted and they walked on, they, they, they walked across the, the river Jordan in faith, believing God, following God. So man, to be able to remember, not to forget that. I think that it's so easy to get caught up in our the busyness of life, right? Or our lives or comfort or convenience or, or, you know, things that aren't even necessarily bad per se, but they still, they still, they still tether us. And then, and they pull us away from really dwelling with God. So I would just say also this, this remembrance of, of just our ability to be courageous today and tomorrow really will need to employ our remembrance from the past. So I can really weaponize these these stories that I don't know how God got me through, but it helps me remember that when I'm facing whatever is going to be ahead of me tomorrow that I can't see, my response won't be, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how God is going to get this through. Well, I can go back and remember what God has already done. So again, redemption, what, what does that look like for you? Your rescue, what does that look like? And then how can you constantly remember what God has already, has already done? Um, you know, just, just a bit of faith. That, that's all Rahab had, just a bit of faith in, in a cord that was in her house. You know, she didn't need to go out and, and use Amazon and go buy all this and go do a Target drive through No, she just used what she had, this little, little bit, and God just exploded it. So I just, I just think it's just so faithful. He's so faithful. He's so wonderful. And I just pray that you just continue to dwell with him and, and that you find God in that and that it's not burdensome, but that it's a joy. It's like, I can't wait to go into my little secret spot with God. I'm looking forward to just being filled and my cup being overflowing with my time with God. So I pray that 
that this encourages you that you go bring this bring this to your time and and journal about it or or just focus on it in prayer and that it blesses you tremendously. You can head to the blog courageousradiance.com free resources to get that free May prayer calendar as well as that will enable you get enable for you to get other prayer calendars for the months to come. As well as just connect with me. I would love to connect with you um, on Instagram at Courageous Radiance. Please share this with a friend who you believe that this would be a blessing for. Girl, get an anchor and I pray that you remain in Jesus Christ this week ahead.